Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child. Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all of the truth seekers out there listening. I'm trying to get our special guest on this morning. For this morning's discussion question, I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag. Can we destroy racism, white supremacy? A big topic that's come up very recently after the protest of George Floyd. Uh, We've had some dialogues along that line. But today we want to get into this discussion from the standpoint of can we destroy racism, white supremacy? Let's see if I got a couple of guests trying to get them in. Brother Ankh, is that you, King? Hello? It's Tommy right here. Oh, what's up, Tommy? You were able to get in on time? Okay, trying to get both of y'all in. Mm-hmm. All right, what's up, Tommy? How you doing, King? Thanks for getting in with us. Uh, no worries, brother. No, nah, absolutely. No, nah, thanks a lot, King. Thanks for coming back on the show. You've been with us before. Uh, definitely just trying to oh, reach out to the guest. No, nah, absolutely, absolutely. So I already kind of let the cow out the bag, but if you will, Tommy, I consider you a, a major cultural critic over the years. Uh, as I've made it well known in the past, you are my favorite spoken word artist of the day. And I've always said and felt like spoken word artists, and, uh, poets specifically, uh, as well as co- comedians, I think they are great critics of our world, if you will. And so I think people will find as I bring you back on, uh, you know, again, just having a unique perspective. I think that's what they'll find if nothing else, but I'm glad to have you on the show. With any background you want to give uh, before we get started this morning, please uh, go ahead and get it out, King. Uh, like you said, my, my name is Tommy Bottoms, uh, spoken word artist. Uh, I would you say cultural critic? <laughs> uh, 
And in my spare time, I sell houses. I'm also a licensed realtor. Uh, so anybody looking to uh, get in some investment properties, definitely get at me. Um, but other than that, man, I'm, I'm glad you had me, man. And uh, I always enjoy what you do, man. Nah, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. In fact, I did shout. In fact, fact, shout out. I seen you. You, you was on the uh, magazine cover for uh, YD. Oh yeah, uh, young black entrepreneurs. Yeah, nah, nah. Yeah, thanks yeah. for that, King. I don't, I don't, I, I don't yeah. quite consider. I don't know how I got on young black entrepreneurs, but I definitely appreciate hey, that hey, shout bro, from us. Uh, young at <laughs> heart, bro. Young at heart. That's oh yeah, without <laughs> question. Without question. You know that already. All yeah. day. All day. But now, nah, appreciate you for that, King. No, nah, absolutely. We actually got another returning guest on as well. Let me get uh, Brother Unk. Say what? How you doing? Is that you, King? Brother Unk, you available? Yeah, can you hear me? Brother Unk. Yeah, you got, you got, you got, I don't know if it's a bad connection. It sounds like you're coming through double or something in the background. Let me turn. Maybe my can mic's too loud. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Hear me now, bro? Yeah, I can hear you. you just got, it's like you got a lot in the background, though, brother. A whole lot going on in the background. Okay, yeah, it's quiet now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, King, uh, glad to have you. You, Tommy, I'm talking to brother Aunt. I'm sorry, okay. Tommy, you good. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, you yeah, you good, Tommy. It was, yeah. All right, y'all, sorry for the rough start. Just trying to get everybody in on hit this thing. Uh, brother Aunt, you with us now? I'm with you, Black African Power. How you doing, brother Tom? Hey, no, absolutely glad to have you back on, King, if you will. Um, to give a little bit of your background again, you are a returning guest. I've already let the cat out the bag on this morning's discussion question, can we destroy racism, white supremacy? Uh, glad to have you back on, King, but if you will, give your background, and we'll get started with this morning's discussion. Uh, my mother, I'm my mother, yeah, yeah, shout out to my mother. Yeah, let me say that. Um yeah, I started research teams. I'm a Ross Wall, pseudo killer, Mossy Clan warriors, and a few other uh, groups, gangs of young individuals to combat misinformation. And for me, that's how we deal with racism, white supremacy, is through education. Thank you for that's coming simple. in on this morning. No, no, absolutely. I love it. Thank you for coming in on this morning's discussion. And so what I'd like to do before we go to our first early break is just to ask when you heard this morning's discussion question, Tommy, we'll shoot it back to you. Uh, I'd just like to get the first thought that came to your mind, not going deeper into the other thoughts that, are, that come with it once you think about it, but just in hearing the discussion question as is, can you recall what your first initial thought when I called you, you know, yesterday and said, hey, I got to get do this show. Can you come in with us? Here's the, type, here's the question. Can we destroy racism, white supremacy? What was your first initial thought, again, without going too deep? Well, first, I mean, I'm, um, it's a question that's been asked before. So my 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 initial thought, whenever I hear that question, is what uh, how do we measure? It? What what are what are we using to measure? Um, if if it's something that's going to be gone, then you have to be able to measure what it looks like now, and then what it's going to look like after it's gone. So what what are those tools we're using to measure or quantify? what it is that needs to be destroyed. Nah, great, great thought. All right, Brother Ankh, I'm going to turn it back to you. Um, initial thought, like I say, not too deep before we go to this first break, but just what was your initial thought when you heard that particular question? Can we destroy white racism, white supremacy? 
Well, you know, we did a show on the um, pseudo killers and the real black ages. <clears throat> you know, I'm already uh, kind of understanding that it's basically an ideology. And I think it's just a renamed ideology. So, you know, for me, it just was a, um, you know, I know how to deal with this. Yeah. Well, can't destroy. Okay, so you're saying when you say when you're saying you know how to deal with it. So when I when when you heard, first heard the question, can we destroy racism, white supremacy? Your first thought was we did the show. Like I'm I'm, I'm, literally, I'm messing with you a little bit. Yeah, just the yeah, initial my first thought. thought was, so I remember we did the show and and Cold War. Tactics, okay. Right. Okay, that was that that was a serious discussion. I need to go check that out. Um, and I remember, and then I had to also realize that it's a, it's an invisible thing. So you would really, you basically would have to have a vaccine against it, literally. You know what I'm saying? When I say vaccine, I mean a cultural vaccine. So it's nothing you can just put your hands on because you wouldn't know. Like a person don't have to expect, don't have to say what they are. They, they could act like they were something else. So it's an invisible enemy. So it was nothing you could actually destroy. It was something you had to work on yourself about. It, it, it's dealing with us, our group dynamic, and what we're willing to accept or not. That's what it really is. So okay. I look at it as being invisible. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, nah, I just wanted to get to make sure I fully understood. Okay, now nah, it sounds good. So what we're going to do, we're definitely going to go to our first break, and we're going to jump around if you're used to coming. I mean, both of y'all have been on the show before, so as always, I always use cuts. Again, there's a lot in the background. I think it's you, brother. Uh, like, I don't know is really coming in through nah, the show. No, I got my line muted out while you talk. I'm muted out. Literally. Okay, yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's just something just cut into the show. Okay, something just cut into the show. So it's, just, it's really coming through on the show. I don't know what that might be. All right, just trying to make it clear for those out there listening. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com. 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Dot com. Call them at 404-465-4348. Nick Cannon has been terminated, accused of making anti-Semitic comments on his podcast. When we give so much power to the they's, right. when we talk, and then, and then the they's then turn into... The Illuminati, the Zionists, the Rothschilds, the, the, Free the Bilderberg, the, right. the Freemasons. Right. And, and as a community, I feel, and I've done this myself, I want to blame others for the position that I'm currently in. Viacom CBS, which owns Inside Edition, called Cannon's remarks hateful speech and fired him as the host of the MTV show Wild and Out, saying it condemns bigotry of any kind and we categorically denounce all forms of anti-Semitism. 
The controversy erupted after the 39-year-old TV personality's bizarre interview with former public enemy rapper Richard Griffin. You can't be anti-Semitic when the Semitic when, when we we are the Semitic people. That's our birthright. So if that's truly our birthright, there's no hate involved. The ladies of The View didn't hold back opinions on Cannon's actions. I'm happy that there is actually reaction and outrage to Nick Cannon's blatant anti-Semitism. Um, look, we've been talking about this on the show for years now, but anti-Semitism is on the rise in this country. Today, in a 1,500-word letter on Facebook, Cannon had this to say. I must apologize to my Jewish brothers and sisters for putting them in such a painful position, which was never my intention. But I know this whole situation has hurt many people, and together we will make it right. As for his other TV gig, no word from Fox on whether Nick Cannon will remain host of the hit show, The Masked Singer. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Toya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest on the line with me, brother Ump from the Amara Squad, as well as spoken word artist Tommy Bottom. This morning's discussion question, can we destroy racism, white supremacy, as we just hear of the recent cut that became the news of the last few weeks, the Nick Cannon firing from his podcast, if you will, as you heard some of the reasons why, uh, but I thought that cut was applicable in many ways, and initially specifically when you heard him the cut start and he talked about the they that exist and I think the quote unquote they play a big role in this concept of can we destroy uh, racism, white supremacy uh, before I give in a sense my thoughts to uh, a lot of parts a lot of moving parts within that cut that can apply to this morning's discussion uh, but just in hearing that cut Again, I know both of you are aptly aware of what happened to Nick Cannon, uh, but when you think of it in relationship to today's discussion, Tommy, I'm going to start with you. Um, just any thoughts from one hearing that cut as a reminder in relation to today's discussion question? Any thoughts, King? Well, um, I will, just on Nick Cannon in general, I'd say he was, that was kind of an example of, of Nick got in a situation where he was trying to impress people with nothing to lose, and he is someone with everything to lose, and he realized that. You know what I'm saying? And and then to 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 relay that into what we're discussing, I think we can't look at what what Jews in Israel and white people that those are completely separate things. White Jews don't see themselves as quote unquote white or how we would define white and and when we're talking about the days I think it's um, there's a bunch of days you know what I'm saying with all different type of interests you know what I'm saying um, and when you're talking about race a lot of the times those people with those interests at a much higher level at a, at a 50,000 foot view level um use those things, tribalism amongst the common people in order to pursue their own thing. So when you're talking about whether you can end white supremacy or end racism, um, in a larger sense, no, because it will all a beef amongst ethnic tribes will always be, I mean, black versus white is just no different than what you would see in any other country that has ethnic strife. You know what I'm saying? Um, and somebody 
typically benefits from that. You know what I'm saying? Financially, from a, a ge- geopolitical standpoint, uh, there's mm-hmm. always going to be interest in keeping um, the masses of the people bickering amongst each other. You know what I'm saying? Because well, how black people, you listen to how black people in, in, in uh, you'll have a discussion with, and, and you're talking about what, you, what, what the Jews saw. You can openly say shit about white people right now, right? So mm-hmm. people know once you start saying fuck whitey, it's only a matter of time before it gets to them. You see what I'm saying? And Jews have enough power in their own interest to say, we're going to shut this down immediately. Because really, at the end of the day, <laughs> when Nick's original conversation, he wasn't even really talking about um, Jewish people. He was talking about white people in general. You see what I'm saying? But, but the Jews, mm. he said with Pro- Professor Griff, so they read between the lines. And they say, you know what? We're not, that's what I'm saying. Competing interests. You see what I'm mm. saying? Competing interests. Where white folks at a certain level of the power structure, they're not tripping off of what common black people think of them or don't think of them. You see what I'm saying? They don't really, or, or what poor white people think or don't think of them. You see what I'm saying? As long as you buy my stuff and, and, and you know, all this, it's all the striking, somebody benefits, always has, and there always will be like that. As long as the masses allow it to be that way. But I think there's a, I think that conversation is being had. Um, I think there is a, an awakening going on. I think a lot more people every day are waking up to seeing the con that's being played on the mass. You know what I'm saying? Regard, I think, you know, yeah, with it, but it, it's going to look ugly because it has to look ugly. You know, what mm-hmm. we call back in the day, come clean session. You know what I'm saying? When, you got to get mm-hmm. them some, and there's a whole lot of, um, you know, tension and things. Ain't, sometimes you all got to get in the room, and you just got to have it out. Mm-hmm. And then you so, and then when y'all leave that room, y'all leave that there, and y'all move on to this bigger thing, to whatever it is. And I think that's what you're seeing going on now. That's why it's so intense and why, why everything is the way it is, because it's the, the ugliest right before a mass awakening. The people are starting to see that we are we the, the clowns are laughing at us and not the other way around. You see what I'm saying? We supposed we the, the people are finally seeing that, and you and and watch from the, from 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 today into a, a year or two from now, you're going to start seeing a lot more of that people coming, especially particularly right now. But that that that's kind of where um, I'm going to stop there. No, no, you said a lot. Um, I think the ba- the best part of, if, you know, if I could throw this out, the best part of what I felt like you brought was that context that sometimes I would say, and I don't know, I think you might agree with this, within our community, sometimes we lose the context of that, as you mentioned, and I think it's a key word here, the tribalism mm-hmm. that's happening on that level. And, and so sometimes mm-hmm. it, it, I think it is a mistake, and I think you might agree with this, it is a mistake to reduce it to just simply black and white, as you mentioned, the con game of it. But when it's reduced and that's the way you see it, you're actually losing sight of what's actually happening. I'm going to bring this post, and then I'll let Brother Aunt jump in as well. But it just post from one of my former, another former guest, 
we're just a big family here on the Mental Dialogue Community Club, but a brother by the name of Ed F., um, he wrote this, and I thought it applicably applied to the Nick Cannon discussion, and a lot of what he said, you actually relayed in your thoughts, but I just want to reiterate it, and I'll get your thoughts, Brother Unk, um, from what Brother Tommy had to say as well as this post. Uh, what he said in reference to, again, that cut, I think it does apply to today's discussion question, and, um, you know, can we destroy racism, white supremacy? What Ed F. went on to say on his post was, one reason Jews have so much power is because they write the laws on the media. All right. Again, if you're talking in the background, please make sure you mute yourself. All right. Sorry about that. All right. Let's start this over. One reason Jews have so much power is because they write the laws on the media, and most of all, they control the language. They won't even let you stereotype them in a good way. Jews understand the power of words. One day in high school, I said, Jews are really good at saving money. And a Jewish classmate responded, don't be stereotypical. Don't be stereotypical. Don't be stereotypical. Like he was having a fit. They understand that little things said and just can eventually grow into actions that lead to death. The Holocaust didn't just happen. It was the results of centuries of people deriding and insulting Jews until it became a cultural norm. Black people can learn a lot from watching how other groups control the narrative about themselves. That's why it's good that we're starting to control our own narrative with our own media. Now it's time to compete and expand our interests, which is a goal of the Mental Dialogue talk show in the sense that we can have these conversations amongst ourselves to improve in a sense, our awareness and the level of thinking. So that is definitely what we're shooting for. Those are the words from Ed F. Uh, Brother Unk, I want to get you into all of what, you, again, Tommy said, a mouthful. That's a big cut, but I think it absolutely relates to this morning's discussion. Uh, any thoughts from you, King? So the power is to actually put a culture around what you consider to be racism. And so the Jews have done that. Instead of them saying that's racism, racism they say that's anti-Semitic. you anti-Semitic. That's their way of saying you're being racist or mistreating us. You're doing what we don't consider to be proper to us. That's what it really is, right? And so the question is this. Not unless you believe that there's a particular God. I'm not saying a God, but a particular God that stood over Israel at around, let's say, the Iron Age and directed people to consider themselves or to know themselves to be God's chosen people, then when Nick Cannon made that statement, he couldn't have been wrong. They made up story for geographical people. Very, very simple. Seems to be complex, but it's very simple. And since we know that is a made-up religion because all religions is made up from people, then Nick Cannon had a right to say that, no, 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 we're the original people in this particular religion because right now Ethiopian Jews, they call them House of Israel, right? They are official, meaning they are considered to be the tribe of Dan. So those particular black people in Ethiopia, right, have every right to consider themselves Hebrew or what you would consider yourself Jewish. So Nick wasn't wrong in that statement. But you would have to know your history to even make that point, and then you would have to know that black people aren't Ethiopians, so it's a complex history. But he has the right to make that statement and challenge them. See, that's what it is in being American. See, you got to know what it is to be an American. To be an American is to have the ability to the freedom of free speech. 
okay? Now, whether you get fired or it, it's something different, right? Whether you use 30, lose $30 million is another crazy point. So at no point should he have lost $30 million. Now, he might not have been accurate in his depiction of the whole situation, but the reality is it's a made-up religion, and they put themselves in it. The Ethiopians have put themselves in it. You can't say none of them are wrong and none of them are right. But the point is they have power to say that we don't like that. And so we have a whole different culture expression. Like, we got something called doing the dozen. So we don't necessarily take everything to heart like that. So if, you, if we're in the middle of joking the devil, you crack on my mother, most times you don't jump up and bust a man in the head. You come back with a better joke. And as a matter of fact, if you bust a man in the head during one of those sessions, you're considered weak and out of order. So our culture doesn't demand that you react off of every single comment. It just doesn't demand that. It's America. So that we can change the way we see things. So that, that, that Facebook post was right. We need to take words a little more to heart. And I think we're starting to do that, right? But at the end of the day, it's culture. Is Nick wrong? Nick is wrong based off of where he was and where he was at. Of course he's wrong. He had no problem. Right. And I wanna and I wanna kinda bring it no I wanna more. bring it back to this more yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect I and I'm not so much the details of what's going on with Nick, but you said a lot in there. But just trying to bring it back to um and, and where I guess where I'm going with it is I I, I agree great, with a lot of what Ed, Okay, my great, okay, okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, okay, I'll let you go ahead, brother. It's, it's, right. And so the the point I wanna make here is that when we say can we destroy racism? The Jews have done it by simply galvanizing around what they stand on it all together. So for them, racism or anti-Semiticism does not affect them at all because they have a culture that is prepared for any insult, a culture that's prepared for any financial endeavors that could be placed against them. They have codified themselves to the point where it doesn't even exist. And that's what I'm saying. Culture is a vaccine. Against another culture trying to harm me. That's my point. All right, great point. Um, Tommy, I got a caller that wants to get in, but I want to hear any response to what you heard, Brother Ankh say. Just any thoughts on that? Then we're going to go to the caller. Oh, uh, no. Um, I, I agree with the brother. Um, I, I think that um, if if I was going to find any um, issue, if, if, if you would call it that, um, uh, I, I do think that. Um, I don't know that it's accurate to say that we don't, um, that black people don't um, respond to things that they don't like. I think we, we, we see, I think we've seen evidence of that. I think the the problem or if there's an issue, it becomes versus what Jews are in a place to shut it down from the top. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to ask for permission Mm -hmm. or they're not saying um, Mm -hmm. uh, somebody else do this. Black people are the ones that are looking to say somebody else punished this person for saying whatever I didn't like or whatever, this, this, and that. No, nah, strong point. Let's see what the, yeah, let's see what the caller has. Area code eight, six, four, last three, two, four, four. Give us your name, where you're calling from and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Peace and power hotel. Uncle Johnson. Yeah. This is brother. He quite from calling from South Carolina. How you doing, brother? Hey, what you got for us, How King? Uh, thanks a lot for coming on this morning. What you got for us, brother Equani? 
Uh, I just want to say to us as, as black African people, the situations that we find ourselves in, um, even when Aunt was talking about the Jews, when, when you look at the, the fortification of the Jews, and the reality is that white supremacy supports the fabric um, that the Jews have woven themselves in. You understand those are, regardless if we see them as a distant cousin, they are the distant cousin to the white supremacists. So when we're looking at the culture now here in America, it is the one that, that, that hugs and, and coddles uh, the Jew, whether it be, you know, all types of Jews, foreigners coming in uh, from other countries. This is just the reality. Um, and it, it's, it's something that is very much existent, and I think it has a lot to do, you know, one thing I must agree with Uncle on is that, um, you know, our culture, our organic, holistic, organic African culture, because we have to realize us as African people, we had the most extensive culture, civilizations known to man, right? Everybody's stolen from us, right? So what it is going to be important for us to do is Sankofa, go back in, retrieve what our ancestors left for us. You understand? Go back and appreciate. That's the simple part, not creating your own new shit. At least just have consideration for what our ancestors did and start learning some of the things that they utilized in order to, you know, keep them alive. Regardless of how much we disagree with with certain um, Abrahamic religions, I know my grandmother was in the church, but there was a lot of African uh, culture that she was still able to pass down. So I think with us being conscious, with us, you, you know, we can't be white supremacists ourselves and kind of basically spitting on uh, things that were necessities to, to us sustaining the quality of life. Uh, so I think we must sit down and, and study uh, organically, learn. But when we're looking at white supremacy, brothers, in my opinion, here in America, this is the pinnacle of white supremacy, right? And it is something that is back and also military might. So when we're talking about, hey, how possible is it to form a nation within inside another nation? Of course, culture might be a, a, a segue to get us back uh, to where we need to go. But, hey, repatriation is, is the, the, the thing that I feel like, in my opinion, is going to be one of the, the openers uh, to, to getting us away from this white supremacist uh, mentality is what your reality is. Us as black people, we are learned and trained. Hey, by brother, I messed this up against the break. Nah, thank you for the thought. Uh, we'll definitely give some responses to what you had to say coming out of the break. May I'm actually may just try to bring you back on as well. You listen to the Mental Dialogue yes, Talk Show. But well, all I ask is that you think. Remember that VV around me. Tweaky that BF around me. My mind elevated and don't kill my vibration. I'm not in the same place you found me. Look at my dribble, I'm drowning. They say I'm it, how I'm clowning. I'm penny wide when I'm counting. Interest gon' keep on compounding. Please on the beat, they compounding. If I did the beat, they be bouncing. I'm telling you twice, come holler at me now, cause I'm not gon' be cheap when you find me. I got on my knees and I tightened my belt. I needed the game and I got it myself. I hollered my partners, I got me some help. We split up the profits and bet on ourselves. You ain't one of us. You ain't one of us. Siri um, was an attempt 
back in the late 1960s to um, explain what I thought is it is a crest theory of color confrontation and racism, white supremacy, an attempt to, as a psychiatrist, as a black psychiatrist, to understand, well, what exactly is this thing that we call racism, white supremacy? Looking at why do white people behave in the way that they do, uh, you see, and concluding that it has to do, number one, with their minority status on the planet, their genetic recessive status, and that they could experience genetic annihilation in that the overwhelming majority of people on the planet are black, brown, red, and yellow, and whites constitute fewer than one-tenth of the people on the planet. One of the things that we find that is happening now is there's this constant countdown. You see it on the news all the time. So when America is a majority minority nation, so there's still this countdown happening in terms of when when white folks will be in the minority. They will be a majority minority, which is nonsensical. There will be a white minority if the non-white, if the black, brown, red, and yellow people are here, they will be the majority and whites will be the minority, you see. And it's a logical, illogical statement to talk about a majority minority, I mean, which is like white supremacy. I still have to put myself on top. I have to pose that I am genetically superior uh, to compensate. I say it's a compensation for a genetic recessive status. Well, I think I was the first. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, can we destroy racism, white supremacy? Our special guests are Tommy Bottoms, as well as Brother Unk, to play a cut from Dr. Cress Wilson, ancestor, wrote, um, basically gives out her theory for why she thinks white people act the way they do, as you hear just a piece of that. We've played information from her before, uh, but just wanted to kind of jump in there because I don't think we can do this morning's discussion without bringing up Dr. Wilson's theory, if you will. Uh, again, can we destroy racism, white supremacy? Uh, Brother Unk, I'm a, I think I'm going to start with you there. Well, yeah, let's do that, and then I'm a, I think I'm going to get Brother Equidon back on and kind of delve into what he said, but I, don't, I, I want to definitely address this theory because I think it is imperative, in my opinion, that in 2020 we get a better understanding uh, or at least think about, well, Dr. Quest Russell's theory and maybe what's right about it, what's wrong about it. I don't think we have enough critical thought in my personal opinion, about the theory to really put it in perspective for us as a culture is my initial opinion. I'll go further after, you know, hear some thoughts from you. Go ahead, Brother Unk. Yeah, I would just like to say um, I, I wasn't necessarily saying we didn't respond. I think the point I want to make here is see yourself as through a religious lens, right, and not trying to bash from my religion. You, you should just know that it, that is a cultural lens that you are viewing the world. And so if you're Jewish, right, from the rip, you're already, already like you are God's and special. Do you know how important it is 
to not only know that you're special, to feel that you're special, and to act that, act like you're special, it's important, like in a basketball game. When LeBron James or, or, or Jordan or Kobe Bryant stepped on that court, they felt like they were special. Now, you got to put the work behind it. It's not a spooky thing. you got to put the work behind it. But, but you have to develop something that lets you know you're special. So in our cosmology or our following or rendering of the biblical text, right, we're not special. We're not chosen. And so I would like everybody to know that we do have the power to change things, no matter what level you're on. The very fact that you think that you would have to be at the top to change the situation, right, is really acquiescing to a faulty premise and change the situation. Any situation that you are involved in, you can change it right where you're at. Like we do have enough power as a people to galvanize ourselves around things. So at the end of the day, I heard what Francis said, right? I don't necessarily agree with that because race is a social construct and a person's color or complexion has nothing to do with the way it paints. So I wouldn't acquiesce to that, but I will tell you that, that we can change things where we act, that we do have the power to change our communities. And I think, Brother uh, uh, Black Socrates, I think our early conversations, I mean, you was like, Unk, I hear what you're saying, but don't give them that kind of power. Like, that was your whole thing. And I had to, over the years, I had to really come to grips with that, that we do have power, that we just don't use it. So, you know what I mean? My point is very, very clear, right? We need a cultural shift shift in the way we see the world. So if you always think that white people or Jewish people are against you, that's going to be the way you act. We, we got to stop being against ourselves. And I'll cut it right there. Uh, absolutely. Um, but, Tommy, I want to get your thoughts. I'll just briefly just think, you know, thank you uh, for even bringing up that conversation. As I've always, you know, the relationship is something that I've always said, um, you know, don't give too much power to the they. Uh, they're not that damn smart is what I would always say, right? And, and and it comes from conceptualizing or believing the social construct because you said it perfectly. Race is a social construct, not a biological one. Now, the reality, because I don't want to be devoid of this, the reality of our lived experience, and Tommy definitely want to hear your thoughts on this as well, the reality of our lived experience is been, especially here in America, has been one in which that social construct has played out to the degree that it could mean life or death. And because that experience has played out, it becomes very natural, in my opinion, to get caught up in the construct as if it is real because it has real-life consequences. That is what we go back and forth with with the protests in the past and up until this day. Again, because it had, I want to make that real clear for anybody out there hearing me, because people often don't do nuance well, and they'll hear it as I'm saying one thing or the other when I'm really saying both. Acknowledge the real life experience, but it doesn't change the fact that, and I think, Tommy, you were alluding to this, and I'll let you jump in here. I think you were alluding to it when you were talking about that tribal back and forth. So it doesn't change the fact that when the transatlantic slaves traded, started, if you will, conceptualize and making the social construct came from an economic idea from the elite to ensure partly their safety, but more importantly, their financial gain. And, and most people don't run from that concept. However, we lose sight of 
if that's what the elite did, that tells me the elite themselves have never even believed the theory they gave us just to divide us, if that makes sense. Go ahead, Brother Thomas. Well, I mean, and this is, this is kind of even piggybacking off of what uh, the other brother said as far as um, how you see yourself. You know, it's not just Jews, you know what I mean? A lot of people, like the Chinese people, there's no such thing as white supremacy to a Chinese person because that, to them that's ridiculous because they see themselves as the greatest people on the planet. You see what I'm saying? They don't see them. They don't come from any type of history where, because um, white supremacy is built off the basic concept of, of white supremacy versus black inferiority. Um, so that's why I try not to, when you talk about these constructs, to, to really buy into that. You have to also buy into the idea that you see yourself as inferior and you see yourself all, only in the context of of who you see as supreme, you know what I'm saying, and that's why I kind of lean towards what the brother is saying is we've got to start trying to define who we are on our own terms and not in relation to what white people think or don't think. You know what I'm saying because it will always be in this role of of you know um the white man's water is wet, you know what I'm saying the white man's water is much wetter or a white man's water is colder or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, we and I think that's what you're seeing. That's what goes back to my earlier point. You know what I mean? It's ugly. We all all the 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 the, the, the most important civil war you see going on right now is, is within the black community. The the, the woke versus the cool. And you 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 see that, and that's necessary because it's coming out. Now it might get ugly. It's the comment section, because that's primary where it's happening. That you know what I'm saying? But it 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 has to go because what we, what you're seeing is pe- black people are trying to define, we'll figure out what does it mean to mean black, because we've got the first black president, but he ain't descended from slaves. You see what I'm saying? What are we talking about when we when we call something black? You know what I'm saying? What is it? Is it is it just economics? Because if you if you if you grow up in a certain zip code on the on the east coast and your parents went to certain Ivy League schools. If you're a black, you don't have the traditional black experience, you know. What I'm and that's not even to say that that person is less black. You see what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of what we call uh, uh, a lot of these people now who are, are the are the most vocal about who's the coon. Ten years ago, they was the coon because they talked proper or they dated white girls or whatever it is. It. But the point is, here we are in 2020. We having that debate because no one. No one really knows what it means to be black, and you and and you and you're seeing that play out in our real lives. That that um that dialogue, like I said, it's ugly. It's ugly, but it's beautiful. I think that's why I always say this is the best fucking time to be alive. You know what I'm saying? If you if you depressed during this time, you ain't really paying attention. You know what I mean? This is this is this is this, for my, me personally. I've been waiting my whole life for this. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I love every minute of it. I don't I love the ugliness of it. You know what I mean? Because that's that's what it has to be. It's the come clean session. What you when we walk out this room, what we gonna be? Because we're gonna have to get it all out we're gonna lay it all out here in this room. But when we walk out, that's where we leaving it. So what are we gonna be when we walk on this other side? You know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm an optimist in it. I think it's gonna be something um worth going through the struggle for. 
You know what I mean? So I think if you're talking about the the ending of racism, I think it's the, the or white supremacy is is ending the idea that we see ourselves through the lens of white people. Hey, strong thoughts. We up against our next break, but I'll get your thoughts coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think if you're online and want to get in on this morning's discussion, please give us a call at 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. Press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, can we destroy racism, white supremacy? Our special guest, Brother Unk from the Amara Squad, as well as spoken word artist Tommy Bottoms. Uh, Brother Unk, if you will, I know you didn't want to say a whole lot about, in a sense, the Dr. Cress Wilson cut from the last segment, uh, but I wanted to bring it back up because I think, again, I wanted to dig into this part of, of this aspect, at least what I think I see culturally some in, in some regards. And it's the idea of um, buying into a, a lot of what she's saying to the, in my opinion, to the extent that if that is the only lens you navigate in areas, I think you can miss the big picture of how to navigate America if you will, in regards to racism. Because the reality is it's not that even in both of you saying we have the power within ourselves in a sense to destroy racism, it doesn't change in a sense the fact that racism exists. I, I, don't, think, I don't think either of you are saying that. Um, it, so, but, but considering that that is something that we think about, we have to deal with when you see it in the context of a day in a context of uh, all of this is being done from the concept of, in a sense, genetic annihilation. It's not, again, it's not whether you believe her or agree with her. I'm just talking about the fact that we know that there are people in the culture that focus on that as the reasoning for what we're experiencing, and they also try to come up with solutions based on that belief. I hope I'm making sense in what I'm asking you. Uh, Again, you know what I mean? Okay, so yeah. Any thoughts for those who are it's in called, that space? Because you're not you're not in that space. I'm not in that space. But for people who are, any thoughts to that? 
is a, is a faulty premise. And the rule is whenever you act, never acquiesce to a faulty premise, come up with a faulty conclusion. So if you think everything that you're dealing with in the world we live in is based off of your, inter- your, your interaction with white people and the way they think and feel about you, then you don't always fight that type of fight. It, it ain't necessarily have to be that. Okay, so the, the idea of treating somebody different or mistreatment of somebody different because of the color of their skin is a new idea, right? But it's tat- it is attached to an old idea that has always happened, cultural supremacy, or my tribe is better than yours, or my religion is superior to yours, and I'm going to make you that. So like the Zulu, they felt like the Zulu culture was superior to the other African cultures, and they went on and did what they did. They came in, they co-opted other tribes, you know what I'm saying? They had to uh, 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 get down or lay down, in effect, right? And they colonized uh, large portions of South Africa, okay? So, so this thing about, you can look at cultural anthropology. This thing about my culture is better. It's always that, like, black people think that black culture is just better. Europeans feel like European culture is better, and then they add the skin color which is the new idea. So through human history, humans, based off being social creatures and developing social groups, always think that their social group is better than the next group. And then they clan together and, and, and tribe together, and they form ideas and concepts that they feel are far better than everybody else. This has played out for 300,000 years in human history. Like I said, the new idea was skin. Now, when they use the skin, they base it on science. But it wasn't real science, it was pseudoscience, because they, they, they felt themselves to be intellectuals. And to be an intellectual and developing laws and rules and regulations, you got to use science. And so they use science. We call it pseudoscience to say that Mongoloid, Negroid, and Caucasoid are the three races. Now watch this. So if you're fighting against a system that has falsely made up three races, and all your battle tactics and fighting tactics is based off the faulty premise on race, mongoloid, caucasoid, and nigboid, then your fight is crazy and misplaced at the end of the day. So I just want to make that very, very clear that the way we has been probably needed to fight, but the way we was fighting is just wrong because there never was a thing as race, and your skin color never had you being better or worse. Like, for instance, the brother said, well, Barack Obama is the first black president. Well, how the hell could that be? Last time I checked, he had a white mother, came out of a white womb, so we would never consider him black. We say, well, wait a minute. They say if you got one touch of black in you black. See? See how confusing that is? It, it, it's cultural. So what culture did Barack lean more to? We know his family, you know what I'm saying, led, uh, led more closely, lead more closely to, say, uh, black culture and American culture, black American culture. Uh, we know Barack considers himself lead more towards black American culture. But biologically speaking, you could never call him the first black president. So all these things at play, the way we define words, the way we understand words, the way we understand that it's tribal thing to say your thing is better. So you get mad when other people do it, but we do it all the time. So the question is, how do we navigate around that? Well, I think you said the best thing I've heard in the last year, uh, uh, Black Socrates. You say, man, uh, really, we need our reparations. That is the only way to close the gap. And so that's the reality of it. No matter, no matter how much white people don't like you because of the color of your skin, no matter how much police brutality go on, which I don't even community, and I don't even got to deal with you. 
until it's time to do some type of business to which I will have power because I will have the finances to do it. So cut the check, right, and you won't even be thinking about racism, white supremacy, because you'll build your own infrastructure, your own education, and you'll just be glad being a black American if they cut the check. Strong thoughts. Uh, Tommy, any thoughts to what Brother Unk had to say? I personally love the the intricate breakdown. And, again, that intricate breakdown I think is very necessary in this discussion because I quite often watch and be a, and a part of discussions that lack that context. Again, we broke down the social construct and how if you're caught up in it, as, you, as you've mentioned yourself, caught up in it to the details, as I as he's heard me say before, you're fighting a war that, that actually needs Cold War tactics. So you, you, you look foolish fighting a, a war using actual military action and Cold War tactics would require uh, is the way to win for yourself to compete. And I, again, in my in, even in me saying that, I want to make sure I'm giving proper context because I'm not competing against this construct. We're just humans always existed in this country to the degree that there are things that I have to navigate sometimes due to the color of my skin. So I think it is appropriate to recognize. I may have to navigate it, but in recognizing how I want to navigate it, it is for me to go compete, not ask this other group to allow me to be equal to them, if you will. Go ahead, King. Any thoughts on what you've been hearing? Uh, I agree with the brother a thousand percent. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and like I said, if there's, if there's anything I'm going to take issue with um, uh, is – the idea of reparations. Um, I don't. I'm not necessarily against them. I just don't think. Um, I, I don't know that people are prepared for that. I think the the real value in reparations is the fight for reparations and not actual, because so much of the culture is built around. Because one, because like you said, that there will be nothing else. And I don't think people are ready because people are. Uh, the 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 that relationship is baked in the cake, you know what I'm saying? As far as we, if you're talking about white supremacy and black inferiority, it's baked in the cake to where now the responsibility will be on us. There will be nothing else. And I don't think there's an industry. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things at play. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even and I ain't trying to just about optimism because I agree one thousand percent everything he just said. One thousand percent, but I think there's there's something baked in the cake that I don't really think people are prepared to walk away from. So many because I mean there's an industry out there that I mean just on that level, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's yeah, let, yeah, like let me let me break that down because you yeah because you, you yeah you touching on it. Let's break that down. Let's get let's get into that because I think it's part and worthy of this discussion. Uh, for the caller that just got on, you do have to press 1 if you're trying to speak. If you're just listening, no problem. But if you want to get in on this morning's discussion, please press 1 to let us know that you want to speak. Uh, but with that said, let's get into that a little bit. I, I, and, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, because I think I know what you're saying, having known you, brother, uh, when you talk about that industry aspect or you, or you say the question, are we actually even ready? And I think what you're, you're saying is, in the event of even if they're if reparations, whether you're for them or not, if they were received, I think you're conceptualizing the concept, you know, the idea 
uh, as a culture or as a community, if you want to look at us collectively, in a sense, would be would we be ready? I think what you're referring to, and correct me if I, I'm wrong, at this point, and this is now what I will, what I am willing to say is, after 400 years, truck being used effectively for economic reasons. I don't know if you know, in a sense, you acknowledge it that way, but I definitely do. But with it, with it being used effectively for economic reasons. What I will say is we definitely have created a level of dependency that what I think is part of what I think you're hinting at when you're saying, are we ready? Will we be able to deal with that? When, well, well, and when well, you're saying well, there's an industry, and there, maybe, maybe I'm hearing you wrong. Go ahead, King. Yeah, jump in. Well, well, no, you're, yes, exactly. But, but And it goes back to my original point when we very first started the conversation is what will, we, what will be the measurement of its success? Let's say you get it, right? Or we they cut the check tomorrow. We get reparations tomorrow. How do you? What are you measuring for that program to be successful? Because there will come a time with somebody. Because you can make the argument that the um the Great Society was reparations. The whole concept of of LBJ's Great Society was to address systematic racism and and in the history of slavery. That was the whole concept of the Great Society. Yes, it was spread around because for all Americans, but the very thing of the very idea of it, they didn't call it reparations, but that was the mm-hmm. whole idea of it, was we're going to try to close this gap, as the brother said, from we're acknowledging this stuff happened. And we can look at certain conditions and we can say because of the, the history and, 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 and the systematic oppression of, of up until this point, We've got to we've got to do something to try to, to even that gap out. Now here we are, forty years later, having that same discussion about closing the gap. You see what I'm saying? Now, if we do that, oh, because I because if we call it reparation, the only reason we can have this conversation now is because we didn't call that reparations in the '60s. You see what I'm saying? You call it reparations now, it's definitely all that white guilt. Watch white guilt walk out the window. All that, all that, like, because they're gonna be like, okay, I've done what I was supposed to do. The check has been cut. Don't come to me for shit else. Hey, can, I, can I add to that? Can I add to that? Yeah, yeah, please. We got about a we got about a minute for mm-hmm. minute. So if you want to wait till we got a minute before break, you want to add start now? No, or I'll wait. I'll, I'll, no, 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 no. I wait. Okay, cool. Break. I know how you do. <laughs> okay, cool. That's why. Yeah, I didn't want to cut you off. I didn't want to cut you off. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're at the top of the hour, so I'm gonna go ahead and run the break just a little early, uh, just to go ahead and you know continue this beautiful conversation again. Can we destroy racism, white supremacy again? For the callers out there, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven. One six nine one again. That number six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. For the hour song is from Joe Blees all day long. Square Business Entertainment being one of our longtime sponsors, so we always play a little music from what they what they're doing out there. Matter of fact, let me highlight because I've featured this brother on the show recently. Uh, his album Bet on Myself, Joe Blees, just hit thirty thousand streams um, this past week. And we've been promoting that brother, so it's good to see that brother have some success with his um, album release. We'll be right back listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Oh, 
all day long All I see is everybody perfect when I'm scrolling through my phone Seem like all they want It's just a bunch of bragging people acting like they get it, but they don't It's true What am I supposed to do? I feel like I'm overdue Worked a couple lifetimes I feel like I'm over too Feel like I got more to do I know I ain't done yet Handle what you supposed to do Gotta teach my son It's a blessing in the sunrise Wake up and return it I just hope that you can learn that before the sun sets. Cause when the morning comes, the world gon' keep going on. No, 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 Again, Joe Bleeze, Bet On Myself, all day long, single. Go find it on all musical platforms, Spotify, YouTube, music. Please go check out that brother again. He's hit 30,000 streams, just featured his album on the show a couple of weeks back. So definitely excited about that brother's success. This morning's discussion question, can we destroy racism, white supremacy? Our special guest, brother Unk from the Amon Ra Squad, as well as renowned spoken word artist Tommy Bottoms. And we got a couple of caller out there as well, but I'm going to go ahead and let Brother Unk kick off his thoughts in reference to uh, what he heard uh, Brother Tommy say prior to the break. Go ahead, King. Okay, so I don't, uh, I think that I can actually see some 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 crazy uh, quote-unquote uh, uh, nuts White people actually say, well, I didn't cut the check, that's it. No, wait a minute. I am still an American citizen, afforded all the protections based off the fact that I have fought in all wars. Right? I've been nothing but a good citizen. I've protected you against your daggone self. Right? I've showed the world, you know what I'm saying, how immoral you can be and still died and fought for you in all the wars. So don't tell me you didn't cut the check and that's it. No, you cut the check because that's what you're supposed to. You cut the check because now you're proving that you actually respect me. See, that's what cutting the check means. You saying I'm sorry does not show respect. It shows some type of empathy. I don't even want empathy from you. I want the check. See, that means you now respect me as an American citizen, as a, as a world citizen, and as a human being who was done wrong. So the fact that you gave me that check don't mean that now all that stuff stopped. No, if, if, if my people still need, quote, unquote, uh, insurance, uh, free health care or, or, quote, unquote, food stamps, then they still would get it. Because why? Because you can actually draft, right, my 18-year-olds into war for you, 
You know what I'm saying? We, we still up against stuff, so it don't matter. Just because the Jews got their check, they still get everything they're supposed to get as citizens of wherever they at. So that's just a false notion to even remotely think that because you cut the check, then it's over. No, you cut the check. Now, now we can be on par and show you what we really can do. Because 500 years of erasing my history, my story, 500 years of free enterprise, it's the global enterprise, right, has put us in total decimation of who and what we are. And now we're seeing the full effects of it to the point where we run around outside protesting in the middle of a pandemic, right, and still not acting for our daggone money. That's bananas. This is the perfect time to act for your money. No, we want, we want to stop police brutality. As long as you got guns, right, and bad people with guns and good people with guns, people are going to get shot. As long as you got a coach that think it's better than you based off your social economics, you're going to get shot twice as often. So cut the check, and I can level the playing field. And, yeah, that's right. I still want all the protections afforded to me based off of the fact that my youth will die for you. There you go. Got me hot. Tommy, I got one. fine. Yeah. Um, you answered my question. Why haven't they asked for it? Who's the, let me make sure I'm my understanding point. your question. I just want to make sure I'm understanding you. When you say they ask my, my for it, point is, about us, you, you, you I'm, just, said, I'm just trying to understand you. Well, the people right now, you said people are in the streets, and you asked the question about okay. this is the perfect time to ask for reparations, right? Okay. Why haven't they? Why? Why? Whoever, that, whoever, that, whoever the person is that would make that, why hasn't it happened? If you recognize that, right? I recognize that anybody who's paying attention is you right now. You could ask for uh, everybody could get one turkey leg in, in a in a whatever. You could ask for anything right now. Anything. I mean, they, 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 there's nothing you couldn't ask for. Zero, but nobody's asked for it. Why? See, see, because I think people have, but I want to answer is because the fight, he said not the win. See, see, see. Um said it, so I want him to respond Nothing to you. you. But you know what he said? Right now, zero. Right, right, right. Tommy, let me. Let me yeah, I'm gonna zero. let you um, answer, but I just want to throw. Uh, I just want to throw out that yeah. even when he said it, I'm thinking that there's the ask has been the biggest it's ever been in my lifetime. So I think so. You need to tell me right now. Wait, 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 Tommy, 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 wait, brother. I'm gonna. I won't. I, Tommy, please wait. Please wait. I'm asking you to let Unc answer it because he said nobody's asked. So I want him to answer you first. But I'm just. I threw in my three cents just to simply say to both of you. I think the ask is the the largest it's ever been. I don't think it easily gets on the platform based on what it's going to require. Just to partly answer you. What? But with. But here it is. But here it is. I want Unc to answer first. Then we can have our dialogue, cause he said he said nobody's asked. So since that's how we feel, I want him to answer your question. That's fair. Go ahead, um, answer it from that perspective. Okay. I'll jump into my thoughts. Oh, afterwards. Go ahead, um. All right. So so like I do like the African do. You know what I mean? I, I I speak in terms of sometimes in flavor and vigor, and it wasn't directed at you, brother Tommy. So I was really no. directed at. I, I didn't, he didn't take it that way. He didn't take it that African way. He didn't take it that way at all. I, yeah, that is, that's, that's not an I know, issue. but he got hype. He got hype with me. He got hype with me. You know what I'm saying? He just was not with me personally, <laughs> but I, the tone turned up. He was like, "What?" And you know, I didn't. I didn't want to. I ain't mean to do that, but that's just what I do. Oh, no. And I'm glad. I turned his tone. I turned his tone up. He didn't take it up to you. 
Uh, go ahead, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So let me make the point. So the point is the broad brush, right, is a little banana. So you're right. We have, right now, you got the ADOS movement, which we should all be mm-hmm. a part of, right, and it's simple. So that's, that's definitely on the plate. But I'm saying what I meant was that it's not part of our culture to demand our money. Each generation should be taught that we need our money. We need our money. Everybody should always say that. Where, so how is Anything that going to happen up, if you don't add? Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. The point is it has to be part of our culture. So right now you got black people, watch this, black people actually fighting against ADOS, right? So it's the kind of rift between mm-hmm. the quote-unquote the nationalists, right, who think that Africa is the world, which is bananas. You're doing the same thing they did, and that all black people are united, which is a bunch of malarkey, because all European nations aren't even united. They might have DNA markers that unite. Culturally speaking, their cultures are different and diversified. You would never say a Frenchman is a German or an American is a Spaniard. You would never make that mistake. But we do it all the time, and we base the whole movement on it. Faulty premise again reaches a faulty conclusion. So asking needs to be a cultural thing. It needs to be part of our lingo, like the word yo, you know what I'm saying, or on God. Mm-hmm. That's part of the cultural mm-hmm. lingo. So, so, so mm-hmm. needing our bread, needing our money, needing our cash, needing our dineros should be part of our lingo. So much so that eventually we get what we want to get. Because they're going to break. You just got to keep presenting it in a scientific Genetic fashion, that's what they understand. They understand intelligence. And when they no longer can handle your intelligence, right, then they break or they go to war with you. And that's not the civil thing to do these days is to go wipe out. A, how are you going to just wipe out black people in America? Like, that's the craziest thing ever. They're going to kill no, us I all. I, no, one, not. One, I didn't. I didn't. I, I wasn't implying that. One. What, I wasn't, I wasn't, talking I wasn't you, implying though, that. They Tom, Tom, I, what, 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 I'm, what I'm saying is. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I wasn't sorry. expecting it at you at all, brother. This uh, conversation is uh, for the listening audience, not for you. Absolutely. Like, I appreciate your Absolutely. conversation. I just want to make sure you understand. As a matter of fact, I appreciate your work. You've met me before. I bought some of your CDs. I, yeah, you hot. I'm going to give you that. The point I want to make here is that it needs to be part of our culture. So we had a culture. The civil rights movement was a cultural expression of who we were. We're going to show you that we can be so nonviolent, right, so much so that the rest of the world will see your violence against us and change their mind on what it was they were doing. The same thing with the abolitionist movement, right? So I am telling you that these same, that the movement of reparations need to happen. It needs to be a movement and a cultural expression. And you cannot have black people worrying about somebody that was from Jamaica or worrying about somebody that was from Nigeria or worrying about somebody from South Africa to end up coming here. At this point, you got you to gotta say, man, listen, you my brother speaking, but the reality is you're not a descendant of slavery that took place in North America. And you got to stand on that. Just be mad at me. Then we can have a conversation. There you go. So let me throw this in real quick, Tom, if you will. Let me let me, let me throw in one. Let me throw in one thing real quick. Yeah, and I got a caller as well. Uh, so the one thing I'm going to throw in. Let me tell you what I'm hearing, and I just want to throw this out to you to consider, Tommy. So even in him being expressive as he is, and here's where I'm in agreement. So 
what I think I and again, I'm always trying to focus on nuance. I may not have it correct, 100% correct, but I just want you to consider this. So the nuance of what I'm hearing Unk speak about in that ask is even the divide that exists even within our own culture is existing. I think I hear Unk saying this culturally because so many of us have been trained not to ask for our dinero, as he would say. And so when you ask that great question, why didn't they ask, they ask, you're really, in. I would say, from the way I'm understanding, uh, it's the they who have not culturally learned what he suggested. And so, so, so if, if, if I'm making sense to get into why is it on the presidential um, you know, candidacy right now, um, well, right now we're having that almost the civil war that you spoke about between even the – the AUS who is taking a scientific, smart approach that others, in my opinion, are disagreeing with it symbolically because they are gumboing us as a entire world culture, which I agree with Unc is not smart to do, is we're in the stages of possibly teaching more of our culture to ask, even in the manner that you said, that makes sense, but there are plenty who have not learned that yet. So I hope I'm making sense that 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 is something that he's suggesting that we learn, and I would agree with. So when in asking in saying, so I'm not so I'm basically not disagreeing with you that there are those who have not learned it, and there are definitely those who are leading those who have not learned it, perpetuating it because the money is in the fight. So I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm getting all into the nuance of it's more than one group out there, if that makes sense. So you're making an amazing point. I'm just in the nuance of saying, you know, being understanding the ADOS movement, for example, knowing that the the, the way that it's being asked for now is not because it's not the first time reparations has been asked for. It's been asked for plenty of times. You and I both know that. I'm just saying they've gained some momentum for the movement in a way that I have not seen in my lifetime, at least. You may feel differently, and that's fair, but you, I hope you're hearing me just talk about this very nuanced, in a very nuanced manner versus just making an either-or situation, because I'm not definitely not trying to argue with you. I'm just pointing out a lot of nuance. Um, go ahead, King, and then we're going to well, go to the call. Well, well, I think the most important thing in, in, that needs to be acknowledged in that is, if not now, when? Because I think we just both always acknowledge that there's no other – if there was ever going to be a time, if there's ever been a time, the time is right now. So this is not the time. The, I, there's, there's been a move. People have been talking about reparations as long as I've been on the planet, right? So, and and never and it's always. I personally, I still just from a logistical standpoint, I don't think it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's realistic. That's just just from that perspective. But from a uh, political aspect, from an actual you being able to tangibly, Bob Johnson already put out there. A number. He already put a number on the table. Right. Here, all y'all got to do is run with it. Well, I think, I think right. the number was three hundred and fifty thousand. Boom. Every, but you know, like I said, then you got to get in the weeds and how that's actually done. But or right. you know what I mean, because at the end of the day, they just print the yeah, money. Yeah, three hundred and fifty thousand per family for anybody out there hearing yeah. Tommy. Just no, I, I want to I want to get that clarity. Go ahead. But either way, but whatever. No, no, no. Well, well, it ends up being about it was fourteen that's trillion with the total the number. I don't, I, that's not a point I'm making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A point ahead. is yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, somebody I know. I put yeah, out ahead, a, a, a number, a specific thing, and that's that's my whole conversation been from the very specifics. 
somebody put out a specific number, you know, and then we'll get into yeah. I, I I gave you the alley you, but you didn't dunk it because you ain't really want to win the game. You see what I'm saying? Hey, you really just let me yeah, let me let me jump going. to the break though, brother. Let me jump to the break. We're gonna go directly to the caller coming out of the break. Um, Five oh four coming out of the break. You're listening to Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, can we destroy... Racism, white supremacy, brother Uncle Tommy Biden's on with me. Got a caller we're going to get in. Area code 504, last 3756. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Okay, my name Brother Warren, calling from New Orleans. Uh, here. How you doing, King? What you got uh, for us? Great. What I wanted to say was uh, it's very important that African Americans engage religiously in family history research. You must document that your family had been enslaved here, who the slave owners were, and that's what we've done in my family for several years. And so if we have to go to court, we have many documents of our ancestors being enslaved, who the owners were, when they were sold. We have a ship manifest of our families being shipped from D.C., down here. So I think that's very important for us to develop documentation of our presence here from our individual family standpoints. You know, if reparations are being cut in the form of a check, quote unquote, how can you prove that your family been here? Where are your documents? Now, and that's what the um, 8OS, if you're familiar with the American descendants of of slaves is what ADOS stands for. Um, that's what um, Yvette Carnell and um, what's the brother's name? Uh, um, what's the brother? Uh, Yvette Carnell and um, yeah, the ones that came up with ADOS. I just wanted to give the brother credit or whatever. You, but um, yeah, but uh, either way, brother Warren, um, that's 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 a big part of their premise. That is absolutely included. That that's actually how you detail it out. And, and, they, and they detail it out just simply saying that's the start of this process because without that process, then it absolutely is logistically impossible in the manner that um, Tommy is suggesting. Any other way would absolutely become logistically possibly impossible with one, or it'll become convoluted as Tommy brilliantly 
talked about the civil, you know, the civil rights era and what came out of that era. And, you know, Dr. Claude Anderson talked about how it did get watered down with everybody else getting benefits. But, it, it, but it essentially, the ideas came from what had happened to Americans. And so without doing what you said, it would be, in fact, be impossible. And again, I'm not even having, trying to have people agree or disagree with whether they, you know, reparations or not. But what you're saying is absolutely needed. Thank you for that three cents. I'll give you one other thought before we let you go, King. And I want to say also, uh, I don't think that in an effort in the United States to uh, lobby for what we identify as reparations to be anti-black immigrant, because I think there's an element of this that's expressing hostility to continental Africans and other blacks who have immigrated here. Now, black people who are from other areas should fall under different reparation zones, but to express, because that counters, that counters with Pan-Africanism that black freedom fighters had been standing for since the late 1900s. So I don't think we should have like a Donald Trump type anti-black immigrant sentiment in our effort to uh, make, the government addressed the issues there. And the third point is, if racism is not eliminated, we'll keep going back for reparations over and over. So really the first criteria for reparations is to eliminate racism. Yeah, I don't know how simple that last one is uh, to a certain extent. Um, but what I will say to you, let me, let me share this with you before I let you go, just, just, just so you know. Holly encourage you to go look at the ADOS movement and they and what they from the beginning have made clear, even though it's gotten lost sight in a lot, it's been lost sight of in a lot of the back and forth. Uh, what they've offered, which I still think makes absolute sense, and Brother Uncle's kind of said this already, but what they've offered is specifically in going to, for example, the U.S. government for what's particularly happened to those who, for example, like you said, you've traced, if you've been able or if you're able to to trace trace to an actual descendant. And so what they've offered from the beginning is let's get a blueprint that successfully works towards a government and the brothers and sisters on the African diaspora, they can use that blueprint, if successful here, wherever they are, to ask for reparations from their particular government. So I don't feel like from the beginning that they ever had an anti-immigrant take on it. It was here's legally, smartly how to even attempt to uh, get something that is absolutely old from, from at least from those who agree with that concept. So just understand that from the beginning, that's not, that wasn't the point of uh, to be anti-immigrant. It was to be legally sound in how to request it. So that was their reason. Now, now watch just this. Now, now watch this. Now but watch but this. I mean, if we're looking at reparations, ahead. if we're looking at reparations beyond the debt, the, the, and we look at reparations also including the damage that was done after enslavement, going into American Jim Crow. Remember, you still had black people coming in from the English-speaking Caribbean going to New York in the 19, early 1900s, where they faced discrimination living in America. So, therefore, do you exclude the grandchildren of Jamaican immigrants yep. that came in the early 1900s yep. and suffered segregation yep. and race riots too? Yep. yep. Sure do. Sure do. Ba be dealing with law. Based on what? They're, they're living in America as a black person at that point. Based on law, it's very specific. 
We do not have to remake the will. The Native American tribes, they used to be able to have to tell who their family was and all that. But then when DNA <laughs> came, because black people was able to manipulate that, oh, we Native Americans, and they hit them with the DNA, and all the black people that thought they belonged to them tribes got put out and thrown off the road of death. So we have DNA. They can go to your autosomal level and tell exactly how long you've been in North America and where you come from precisely. So we're not even worried about that. We got technology on our side. And as for worrying about immigrants and all that, it's not a point that we're not thinking about you or worrying about you. We're dealing with law now. And when you're dealing with law, it's very specific. It's not a, I'm going to add this in, oh, you hit me in the head with a bottle. That, no, 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 no. We're not worried about all that. Those things we can fix. We, we are all right with that. You know what I'm saying? We focus. You got to stay focused. You can't be all over the place. You can't make everybody, everybody around the world, right, that was enslaved to different nations. Remember, it's a global slave trade. Not only do Americans owe us, you got uh, uh, Leopold, the Leopold, Leopold and the boys, right? You got the French, right? They was all in Africa grabbing people. So it's, what I'm telling you is, is that, I'm not fighting against the immigrants. I'm simply saying that everybody has to get smart. Where is your suitcase? Don't worry about me. It's like a parent. For, for the family to be strong, right, the mother has to make sure that she is straight. The father has to make sure he is straight. Then they come together. Then the family is straight. So if we're not making sure that African-Americans, A-D-O-S, is straight, then how in the hell can we help the rest of the people? You can't help them before you help yourself. Nobody. Right, let me that. jump in. Thanks, thanks for taking back over. Thanks. Yeah, brother. Uh, thanks for taking over when I jumped out. Yeah, thanks for taking over. But yeah, but I don't even want to be that belligerent because there's still some belligerence to it. But ultimately, you're just saying take care of the, of the African Americans here or whatever. But for example, the Haitians should be going to the French. Like, like let's just put it in that versus even making it sound like we are against anti because that's not. We don't even want to sound that way. Like it's, it is that Correct. intricate to, you know, you know, whatever. So let's just point out the Haitians should be going to the French. The, you know what I mean? The certain, yep. di- wherever you, your situation is, that's the government you should be going to. And Cornell and Antonio Moore was the brother I was trying to think of. I, I love the attempt because at this point it is simply an attempt, right? But in getting behind the attempt, if successful, then every diaspora can use illegally and you, you still have to navigate it and, 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 and construct it based on the laws of that country where the request in a sense is but uh, it's, it's, it's ugly it's an ugly thing like Tommy was saying it's ugly we got to go through it uh, but I definitely think we can't just get bogged down into being, it's being anti-immigrant when legally it's sound again obviously you and I agree with that um, you know, people, other people can make other arguments. I got Brother Pianchi trying to get in. Let me get him in as well. Go ahead, Brother Pianchi from St. Louis. Thanks a lot, Kings, for getting in on with us. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say this first off, is I appreciate Ankh and the statements he's made this morning, as I usually do. Very accurate, very pointed. Uh, I myself disagree with uh, Francis Chris Wilson. I think her statement is racist. If you apply the definition as today, and the theory is unfounded. <clears throat> but this thing about uh, white supremacy and racism, racism, uh, it depends on the man. If you're in the mindset of Claude Anderson, that's an excellent definition. Excellent definition. But white supremacy, white 
faces companies are not supreme in all industries in this world as they once be. Shipbuilding. You got China, Japan, and South Korea. And even between them, they battled back and forth because when China's top one year, next year, in 2018, South Korea was. And the same thing applies to other industries. If you want to defeat any supremacy, you compete against it if you want to compete with it on the level that it really is. Try doing some things in Nigeria by yourself and see how far you go. And by the way, those people make up about 40% of the black males on your Ivy League colleges. How do they do that? And in closing, real quick, the reparation is out there. Uh, A group that I'm working with go to the State Department and ask for USDA and FDA specifications on products that's made abroad to apply to the local manufacturing facility and not the country entirely. Well, they say, okay, this time. We want to deal with a country that's on a sanction list. They say, well, in this particular area, it's okay. Reparation is out there. You just don't know how to get it, and you have to be dealing in the things that you can consider reparations. Sometimes black skin can go far, just like that blue passport does go far. Anyway, I'm in with that on that other issue. Always, I'll thank you for your pass. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, two. Brother P. thanks for your three cents. As always, we appreciate the thoughts. We are up against the break. Um, looks like I lost Brother P. Brother Warner from, um, I think, sent out of New Orleans. I will try to get you back on and get you a couple thoughts for you as well. Yeah, we're a family show. We just try to make this thing work. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services. We are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, can we destroy racism, white supremacy, Special guest with me, Brother Unk, trying to get Brother Tommy back on. We are all on the phone. This is your first, first time listening. I actually got dropped off, and Brother Unk took over when I got dropped off. So thank you again, Brother Unk, for kind of standing in the gap for me. Hopefully we can get Brother Tommy back on as well. Uh, but I uh, love what Brother Pianchi brought to the table uh, once again. Uh, the reality is we got to keep, compete. I think that's what we're, one thing that we're saying consistently throughout this thing. We got to compete regardless uh, definitely some disagreements, you know, within this panel, which is no problem. What we do, we like to have dialogue. Then hope to get Brother Pianchi back on. Um, but I know we've said some things since Brother Warren took us down a certain path. So I'm gonna give that brother an opportunity to express maybe his thoughts um, to some of what we had to say, because we definitely welcome different opinions. If you're out there and want to get in, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one 
to let us know you want to speak on the broadcast. Let me get Brother Warren out of New Orleans back on. All right, Brother Warren, I know you heard a lot um, as we've been speaking about it, but I want to let you jump in and give us your three cents again because we do welcome counter thoughts or any other opinions you might have about what we had to say. Go ahead, King. Thank you so much for allowing me to express my thoughts. Uh, like the white population in the U.S., the black population has always been an expanding population of black people coming into the country. Now, if we argue in the reparations debate that black people were prevented from building wealth, not only during the time of enslavement, but even after the time of enslavement called Jim Crow, we have to understand that black people are still coming into the United States from the Caribbean and in some cases Africa and living the black experience in America, being discriminated against and subjected, subjected to violent acts upon them and intermarrying with other black people. And so we have to look at that. And I, I'm going to warn the reparation advocates that the anti-black immigrant sentiment will destroy this movement. And it is exactly what the white supremacists want, a further hostility and conflict among a group of people who already have conflict, adding more gasoline to an already burning fire. So we have to understand what the African-American experience has been in America. You have always had black people during slavery still coming in to the neighborhood, if you will. On plantations, there were still other Africans coming on, and particularly here in Louisiana, you had plantations where people were from everywhere, born in Africa, born in Jamaica, born in Cuba, Haiti, coming from Virginia, coming from Maryland. That's what African Americans are. So we have to really approach this from a very, very standpoint of knowledge about who the black population in America is. Many black people so, in the early 1900s were children of immigrants. Yes, I'm, so I'm finished. Let me, let me, no, no, you're good. No, I want to let you get it all. Huh? Thank you for your thoughts. So let me throw this out. So, uh, and I've already said it, but I'm just going to kind of reiterate it just to hear your thoughts on it. So in the event, and I mean, I'm talking particularly to the ADOS because there's, there's more than one movement out there, and some are not taking this approach. So I'm not saying the so I'm not saying everybody that's asking is taking this approach. But can you can you at least understand? There's nothing anti-immigrant about a process that says legally within this country, the country legally is going to ask, well, how do you identify who should? Because here, keep in mind. The reparations is specific to the harm of enslavement, not simply for the continued discrimination, the okay. continued equal let me, let, me, let me finish equal housing because that's what was addressed with, or at least you know it's not always still haven't always been handled right, but that's what was addressed legally with laws in in, in a lot of the civil rights act, if you will, was trying to have equal access to the law. The laws were in place, but it was a pointed effort to have equal access, whether it be 1968 
Equal Housing Act. Again, the state, United States did not play it out correctly. We know all the way up until 2008, if we want to be factual about that or whatever. But even that harm from 68 to 2008, um, you know, that's just using to identify where the lack of wealth was built, for example. But that ain't what the reparations ask would be about. The reparations ask would be those specific defendants. And so defendants meaning, you know, if you as you said, if you've immigrated, it's been shown that you went through enslavement. So because what you're talking about, those who actually get, came to New Orleans and got enslaved, they're absolutely included. Uh, you know, if you will, but immigrating since that time, and let's be also honest about the fact that the country really never opened up just plain immigrations to a lot of Africans until late sixties and the seventies. And and, and there's still some, you know, some issues with um, how that's done currently uh, when you want to start talking about immigration, if you will, Uh, but not to get, you know, get sidetracked with that. So I'm just throwing out, that there's nothing anti-immigration when we're saying legally do it this way. And brother, we want to give you as an immigrant uh, uh, the blueprint for your people back home to go ask your country. So that's nothing anti-immigrant about that. So that's just not a fair tag. When, but but it's but it's, it's labeled simply because somebody makes a good legal argument. Now, if you disagree with the legal argument, that's one thing. But the legal argument is not anti-immigrant. Go ahead, King. Well I, well, I really appreciate that tweaking you just you just gave me. So, if the argument is based on the descendants of enslaved blacks who were in what becomes the United States, okay, I could I could understand how that would be very very specific. Okay, so I and that includes me. Now, now, now we've gotten convoluted and people are arguing about it since that time, but that's that was specifically said. From the beginning, specifically from the ADOS group, there are other groups, but the ADOS group is now being labeled as an anti-immigrant group, but they specifically laid that out. Brother Anka, are you willing to back me up on that? That's my research. I, I know you, you mess with them, too. I am willing have you to seen what I've said? I'm willing. I just want to make sure that you know, I don't want people thinking it's just what I'm saying, and I know you you no, researched them on your own. Okay, I just wanted no, to make sure I've that never I heard it correct. Say. I just want to, yeah, I want to, I want to make sure I had what I learned from them correct. Go, but go ahead, brother. But that has been the original from the beginning. We, they want brothers around the world to get their reparations from the government where they can be identified from. They said that from the beginning. Go ahead, King. Well, well, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you good, Warren. Uh, yeah, go ahead, I want to hear what. Then I'm gonna let you go. You gonna let me? Who going? Me or him? No, Warren, I want Brother Warren. I'm going to give him one last thought. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand that point uh, there as well. I just think that uh, because some things that I had seen over the past, you know, gave me the impression that there was this hostility there. But we still must put emphasis on African-American families, individual families, to embark upon a religious-like preoccupation of family history reach the documents are there it is not hard like people say it is the documents are there to document your family where they lived during enslavement who were their owners and when you go into the owners probate records wills you will actually find your people being transferred being sold but it takes diligence it takes time 
and it takes dedication. If we don't want to do that, if we don't want to do that, then you don't deserve what you identify as reparations. I strong thoughts, and just I want to reiterate some of the anti-hostility that you have come about because of misinformation. So I think you can understand, one, how that happens. But please know that the originators of the ADOS movements, they've started with what you exactly what you said because the information is there, knowing that you can accurately find it. And that's what they're saying to – they want to be able to say to the government, here's the specific group who owes it. So don't get in don't, – don't act like the number is astronomical because we're going to show you exactly who is owed to by doing exactly what you just said. So strong thoughts, Warren. Right. Thank you for your three cents this morning. Here's another challenge, sir. And I think Brother Pianchi brings this up too. Why the U.S. government gets sued? See, because then, you know – at a certain point when this stuff started, there was no U.S. government. So it has to be on entities that still exist, families who benefited. So even the tweaking on who gets sued has to be reflected upon. Well, like I said, well, well, I think what the, I think if you go where you're going, I don't think you can. I don't think you can legally do it. In a, I don't think you have a legal <laughs> but, scope. But I mean, you know, I, I mean, you have a legal scope. You got insurance companies. You got insurance companies. All kind of scope. Yeah, but I'm just saying. But well, once you do that, I think you get out of having a legal scope, in my opinion. So just throwing it out there. But thanks a lot for your three cents, King. All right, okay, bro, man. Thank you. Go ahead. No, absolutely. Yeah. So I think I got. I got another caller out there, but brother, go ahead and jump in real quick before I get to, I think it's Calvin out there from South Carolina. I would like to say, I don't live in that world, right? That the brother lives in. I've never seen that world. I've never seen a person from Ethiopia come in and say, I'm an African-American. No, they build restaurants, they build communities, and they clearly say, I'm from Ethiopia. How about people from the West Indies and from Jamaica? They build their own restaurants and they service Caribbean people. They have their money markets and all. I never hear them say, I'm an African-American. So it's clear, right, that the damage of slavery makes us think that we're all this one congenial people. That's not true. When Europeans come over here, if they're Irish, right, they celebrate Irish culture, and they never say, I'm this. They say, I'm Irish. The same with the French. They say, we French. How about the Chinese? They build Chinese restaurants in, in little China and little Italy. They do all these things. We're the only group of people, and this is based off of misinformation, that think that all of a sudden all people on Africa are the same people. Genetically speaking, we call less, but culturally, we're the, it's the most diverse place on planet Earth. Ethnically, socially, you know what I'm saying? Genetically, it's the most diverse yeah, place on point. planet Earth. And by the way, that's how we know that biological human evolution is true and that we're the oldest person on planet Earth based off our genetic diversity. But nobody else says that, hey, man, Jamaicans, you African-Americans. Let, hey, let, man, me, let me jump in right there, brother, real quick. Now, that's a strong point. I'm loving what you're saying. I do want to give a little context to the why we do it, though, um, brother. Uncle. I know you already understand this, um, but it, it's partly they do this information. But the other part of it, and this is yeah. – this is experiencing the bad end of the social construct. So by experiencing the bad end of the social construct, it, it does become somewhat natural to coalesce the struggle and make that how we will start considering ourselves as brethren and sister um, being related to that, that concept of struggle. 
Now, unfortunately, doing it that way keeps us in a position to where it leaves those who do that, and I've been guilty of it in the past because it is so natural to do. We don't realize by 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 becoming brethren due to the struggle, it leaves you the inability to compete because you can't you stay stuck in that area, and now you are, in my opinion, to the misinformation. Uh, things that I've learned my way out of, but at one point, you know, thought and believed myself. We're actually up against the break, uh, brother. Uh, so I'm gonna do the break and get to the caller and right. you coming out of the break. We up against the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services. We are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or a service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please call me again. That number is 404-604-9477. Let's get your product and service out if you are an individual and, and understanding the need for media where we talk to ourselves and, and figure things out. If you're enjoying what we're doing, please consider becoming a supporter. Um, if you're outside of Atlanta at mentaldialogue.com, if you're here in Atlanta, we do have events. We just had an online, our first online event last night, the Mental Dialogue Community Club Connections. It went excellent. We were connecting people from around the country um, in order for us to create Ultimately, our goal is to create a virtual neighborhood where African-Americans trade ideas, goods, and services uh, through these type of discussions and fellowships via social media and live events. Obviously, the live events have slowed down during this period, but it doesn't keep us from doing business with each other. And uh, much success, you know, very happy about last night's uh, online event. And then every Saturday morning, we're right here having these discussions. Please share and let people know about these shows. Share the podcast. Uh, if you have Spotify, we're on most of the uh, platforms, so definitely make sure you let people know what we're doing uh, because uh, national conglomerates are definitely limiting um, access to information, and so that's how people get into a lot of the misinformation that you keep hearing a brother um, speak to. Um, but, King, you were saying some stuff prior to the break. Um, the actual caller dropped, so I'm going to go ahead and um, let you jump in. Um, but thank you for being with me and, 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 and handling through the technical differences. We had a few this morning. Go ahead, King. Brother, oh, you still there? Did I lose you? I'm right here. Uh, oh. Right here. oh, yeah, no, nah, absolutely. I just right said, I'll go ahead and jump in. Yeah, go ahead. We lost the, the caller. I think we lost the caller, so I wanted to go ahead and let you to 
continue your uh, conversation prior to the break. What I was saying was there is no metaphorical or black experience that anyone is willing to say. You can't say the black experience was this, so pass for that. They want to know who, what, when, where, and why. All black people in America don't have the same experiences. Key example, um, the Black Titans was a millionaire during the Civil Rights Movement. He actually funded the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, Gaskin, Gaskin Hotel, Gaskin Construction. He has the first black-owned insurance company. A.J. Gaskin, right? Simple as that. So he was a millionaire during the Civil Rights Movement. So the reality situation is they're not playing table. It's slavery. Right, and the billions of dollars they made off of slavery, and the 500-year lease that they got them you in slavery. That's 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 what's on the table, and I think we have enough intelligent minds to fight that fight very smart and intelligently. Cut the check. I don't want to hear no excuses. I don't care about police brutality. I don't care how many black people are shooting. I don't care. If we get our money, we'll educate our people. Brothers and sisters, where the young babies won't all gravitate to selling drugs, which they don't do anyway, but the numbers will go way down. Uh, business opportunities, uh, even having jobs in our community, will stop the flow of people wanting to sell drugs. We'll be able to get into the, the, the legal industry of marijuana, which locked up thousands and thousands of black people. We'll be able to own anything we want to own. Now, everybody won't do it, but we're not concerned with everybody. There's enough intelligent black people that will do the right thing, and it will actually change the course of African-American history. There you go. I love what you just said. If I could reiterate that part, Brother Unk, I want to really hit home with that. Brother Punk is always calling in and talking about it. And what you're talking about right now specifically is the concept of finding your tribe that will go do these great things you're talking about. Because the reality is every group operates this way. Meaning, whatever success that we look at or say other groups have, if you if want to look at it that way, or anybody, it is typically done with a small group of like-minded people who say, here's what we want to accomplish, and they go through that process, and they accomplish it. Accomplish it. Absolutely, cutting the check will allow more of our people to play that same game. And so I want to make it very clear here from the standpoint of if we lose sight of this collect, this large collective, because we give that assumption to other groups, if you will, and it's an unfair, uh, unfair assumption. And then we do it because of how we collectively see ourselves, you know, in my opinion. But, for example, one of my most listened to shows of all times on the history of mental dialogue is literally – the one in which you says, what can we learn from Asian Americans? And the guest I had on that show in particularly, it probably was mind-blowing to hear how the couple of, uh, one, one Chinese man and I had an Asian black um, as you know, one of the guests. But it was probably a surprise to hear how they simply thought about business and moving forward. And there was no concept of a collective. It was their small group, the Chinese, the Chinaman, the Chinese man specifically talked about, you know, in our culture, we just earn and gain trust the way everybody else does. You, you, you get together, somebody says they're going to pay you back, they pay you back, you gain the trust. If you don't, I never deal with them again. 
So it's not something that, in a sense, that they were they automatically give to, to to you know to one another. And because we are guilty of, as you've been saying throughout this show, in a sense, making ourselves a collective. As I and as I explained, due to our struggle is why we do that. I'm not pointing the finger at our community. It's just the reality of us that something that happens in my mind psychologically that we do. Well, we 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 will say the Asians, as you said, uh, without realizing that. You know, to a certain extent, different Asian groups don't mess with one another. So it's not the collective that we always assume it to be. And I think I hear you openly saying we have to be careful of continuing to think this is how we move without realizing humans have always advanced with a small few, with a focused idea moving forward. What has happened specifically to African-Americans in this country and other Africans to the West, if you will, what has happened is we, we experienced a situation where we've been locked out so long, it's hard for a few of us to get together and compete. So that is part of the act. We must still do it that way, but we should never, in my opinion, I know you're saying this, lose sight of addressing it from a legal standpoint. And sometimes I think we make the mistake of trying to argue well, we're never going to get reparations, so why focus on it? And I'm like, no, we can do both. I can get a tribe that can still get financially literally. I can still compete whether I get them or not. But don't don't dismiss those who will have the capacity to go after things legally and politically. And I hate to see our community bogged down as an either-or when both of those can be done. Go ahead, King. I'll give you the – Last thought. Well, we've got a few. Uh, we got another caller trying to get. So we good. We good. Go ahead, King. Oh, sorry. All right. I I just want to say that I do not understand how African Americans even have a a a word to fight against reparations. Because at the end of the day, so if you're gonna take that check, shut up. You either for us or against us. And if you don't agree, just shut up and cash the check when you get it. I never want to hear you say we're not going to get it. Oh, that's just lofty. Oh, racism won't get it. That's that's defeatist attitude. And if it was true, I don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. No self-respecting Jew will come out and fight religiously against the daggone Holocaust. You will never hear him say it. You will never hear a Jap a Japanese who got reparations stand and say we shouldn't get that. They're not going to pay us. You would never hear that. This is the process of mental enslavery that we're fighting against right now, and you know it, Black Socrates. Mental slavery will cause you to say, hey, man, they're not going to pay us. Well, I don't think, do it this way. Add that, man, just be quiet. And let it, if you can't offer nothing <laughs> positive to the movement, shut the hell up. There you go, bro. I, I can't be nice. On some subjects, I just can't do it. It's not in me to do it. Oh, are you good, and, King? I, you know, I, I, I welcome passion. I welcome the passion. Yeah, I welcome the passion. Yeah the, only, yeah, the only challenge I have for you this, today was just, you know, to be when, when we both understand what, for example, specifically what ADOS, you know, has said from the beginning about their legal means, I just challenge you in saying, hey, you know, to those who think it's anti-immigrant, I just challenge you in not saying it in a manner to where it seems like the hostility exists. That's, if that makes sense, that's a nuance that I'm challenging you and just explain it legally what they said from the beginning, just like the brother that just called in, he appreciated hearing what they originally, what the original plan was. And you know what I mean? So we don't, it's yeah. not even, so we don't have to turn it into, you know, as though we're arguing back on, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be the just, rule. I'm, I'm, I'm just simply saying, just explain it. Just explain it. Yeah, just explain it. Yeah, just explain it. argument before we fight against the argument. And it's some kind of, we, they think like we're breaking up some kind of brotherhood we have. There's no brotherhood. You listen to John Henry Clark. There's the African-American and everybody else. Like, until we grasp, until we embrace our African-Americanness, until we embrace, right, that we're the richest people, black people on planet Earth collectively, until we embrace that we have the most creative spirit, we've been through Jim Crow, we've been through slavery, we've been through the civil rights movement, we, we slept without enemy, we live without enemy, we fight, we fought in every war, we've been through all experiences, that we are best fit to lead the whole global African community. Until we embrace that, until we develop our own culture and codify it, then that's when we'll, we'll rise to the top like we're supposed to. And until we do that, trying to include everybody and everything we're doing, man, look, man, I don't care. It don't matter how mad they get, bro. Nobody's going to pay for everybody, right? No matter how mad you get, that's my brother, whatever. Holler at your brother after you get that check. You give him your daggone check. Go do that. And let's see how that work out, Montoya. You feel me? To all the African Americans, you feel like it's a gold problem. When you get your money and give it all out. How about that? And I'm done. <laughs> nah, strong thoughts, King. Uh, definitely thank you for getting on this morning's discussion. Um, and for anybody that's been listening to the second hour, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just, you know, I think the, just even throwing it out there, obviously the second hour became a big discussion about reparations. Uh, but I think it's worthy of the discussion when we ask the question, can we destroy racism and white supremacy? Um, I don't know if conceptually wise or in an individual's heart, uh, where we get rid of those who have come to believe a false construct about race, let's still call it what it is, is a false construct because there is no biological evidence of there being race, if you will. Uh, it's literally just pigment in the skin, and I know that may be alarming for those who've come to believe some viewpoint about race, good or bad, uh, but though, again, that good or bad was handed to you by a fake construct just to divide basically the have-nots from the haves. That's a reality. And so when you come to understand that um, the second half of this just delved into one part of competing, because we must compete whether racism exists, like all the different isms, whatever they exist, you still will be left in the world to compete, and you must teach your next generation to compete. And so uh, reparations is a right, at least in my opinion. You know, again, you don't have to feel exactly like I feel, uh, but that is part of the fight, not saying it should be the only fight or the only focus, but I'm going to fight whether I get them or not. I agree with Unc, kind of ridiculous to argue about things that we deserve, whether we should be getting them or not. It doesn't change my fight. It's not energy that keeps me from competing. We must compete, lose sight of the social construct, in my opinion, um, it plays out in reality, so don't be naive and get yourself killed saying it doesn't exist because that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is knowing the facts about it from a biological standpoint, learn and see how people move, how humans move, how tribes move, and it will make you a compete better on lives and specifically in America. That's all I got. Thank you, Brother Unk, for being on. Um, if you want to get out Thank any you, information for how people can listen to you uh, with your shows, please get that out right now, King. Go ahead. Uh, Real Black Atheist on Fire, um, Pseudo Killers, they're both of them on YouTube. Uh, also go to our Amaral Squad channel, support 
Dr. Oyamayat, that's a YouTube channel, uh, support, uh, quote-unquote, uh, Asahotep's channel, and YouTube, uh, Master Clan Warriors. We got, we probably got right now maybe 30 books to our credit. Support all the books, just type in Amaral Squad, Master Clan Warriors, Posse Research Team. And, man, let's get this in. I think it's important for us to do that, and I appreciate you, and uh, thank you for allowing my voice to be heard. Oh, support Absolutely. Ab- Absolutely. Thank you, Keith. A-B-D-J-U-W-E-A-R. Abjuwar. Absolutely. That's one of our former sponsors, so definitely appreciate Abjuwar. I got the shoes right now. Abjuwar. A-B-D-J-U-R. Thanks a lot, King. All I ask is that you think. 